You control the guy or the woman who runs the run, run brings out the carts on, 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 on a forklift. It's time for the Buff Show. One hundred year. Look, here's the lives. It's just. It's. I mean, you think about it. And no idea what you said, Joe, but we understand the Buff Show. Deeply held by. Uh, by President, stop moving that, 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 that uh, you know, what's this thing called? That's a teleprompter, Joe. We'll take it from here. Let's go end it. Joe Brandon, I agree. And here's your host, Matt Buff. Welcome to the Matt Buff Show on this Thursday's Thursday. Great to have you with us. Rolling along throughout the week with craziness happy, uh, happening everywhere. You're in for a big show, Abraham Hamilton III. He's the general counsel and public policy analyst for America Family Association, AFA.net. Check him out. This guy has a 200 syndication radio show and um, millions of followers. You won't believe his takes on the craziness. Liberals now want to legitimize pedophiles. Oh, and uh, yeah, let's fire Whitey. That's going to be a recurring theme tonight. Also, Freedom Foundation is back. Max for Nelson and Ashley Varner are going to be here. Unbelievable. And then free market economist Thomas J. DiLorenzo. He's author of the Politically Incorrect Guide to Economics. I wish the Biden regime would read that before passing a ridiculous spending bill that's aimed at climate. And here comes the Solyndras. Here comes the bankrupt Green energy companies getting free cash from all of you, the taxpayers. And, of course, the new army. Army of IRS agents. Unbelievable. Check out thebuffshow.com. Also, mypillow.com. Enter promo code BUFF. Get a good night's sleep and save up to 66% so you don't wake up woke. MyCoffee2 on mystore.com. Enter promo code BUFF for special deals on my coffee. Because it's time to wake up America. And those Giza dream sheets are awesome, by the way. Get a good night's sleep. MyPillow.com, promo code BUFF. And TheBuffShow.com. Check us out on Roku TV, Patriot Podcast Network. And also on Spotify, iTunes, and all your favorite podcasting sites. Visit TheBuffShow.com for all those links. Very cool stuff. But this segment is going to be about milk toast Republicans. Republicans that are saying... We don't need to defund the FBI. We just need to take a good, hard look at it. With this horrific raid on Mar-a-Lago, this story can't be let go. They want to keep that sealed. That judge who signed the uh, affidavit, signed the warrant, that Trump-hating judge, ain't going to unseal that affidavit. It's for the investigation that we slow-walked for months. This is an urgent matter of national security, so we got to raid Melania's closet, break open a safe, and take Trump's passports. And NBC said, no, we didn't take the passport. Yes, he did. That's why they have to return it. Trump lawyers confirmed that. It's so urgent. It's national security. Trump has the new coach. He's going to blow up Japan. Oh, no, what are we going to do? We're going to wait three months, slow roll this thing, and uh, take the weekend and hit it when the news cycle needs us the most. Probably when we're signing a spinning bill that's going to slip America into socialism for good and depression for good and stagflation for good. We're just going to slip that in there and then make the focus about Trump and how we never want him to run again. Never again. Never again do you run. That's what we want. We can't have you run. 
you're bad for America. Now, let's see. Roaring economy under President Trump. More secure border under President Trump. Enemies at bay. Little rocket man at bay. China tariffed and taxed and at bay. And the mother of all bombs dropped on Afghanistan. (laughs) And no dead soldiers. Biden comes along and we've got dead dead soldiers, inflation, highest gas prices in decades, highest inflation since before Atari came out. Unreal stuff happening here. And Biden there again today. No events on the schedule. I have no clips for you from Biden because he hides. I can play the slow motion clip where he signs that ridiculous bill and then slowly, with a weird look on his face, like, hands the pen to Joe Manchin and tags him in a photo that will forever link Joe Manchin to this disastrous bill that will harm everybody. You're going to pay more in taxes for this. And we're going to get into that later with the economy talk. And this guy is going to break down the bill like you've never heard before he I think he, I saw this article. He even mentions the Revolutionary War and what that has to do with this. It's remarkable. So don't miss that interview on the show today with Thomas J. DeLorenzo. Good book there. But milk toast Republicans, I digress. Here's Mike. I want to remind my fellow Republicans, we can hold the Attorney General accountable for the decision that he made. Calls to defund the FBI are just as wrong as calls to defund the police. No, they're not. And he's going to continue on, but defunding the FBI, defunding some cops like the COVID cops, the DOJ and the FBI is a good thing. Those institutions are well past their prime and played out and done. Same with Department of Education. And hopefully we can get somebody in there soon, maybe a Trump to undo this bill and get rid of the IRS once and for all. But the defund calls to the FBI is not just about this raid, Mike Pence. It goes back. We had Paul Manafort on the show talking about that just yesterday. Make sure you check that out. Just yesterday. And then we have the policy for securing freedom on the show to talk about how to dismantle the FBI. But here's a milk toast Republican saying, we don't need to do that. We need to keep the FBI going so they can do Russia wish hunts and uh, frame people for crimes they didn't do, like the 1996 Richard Jewell bombing. We need to make sure we arrest parents at school board meetings and have the FBI uh, get sicked on them. We need to have the FBI and Border Patrol unlock gates to let, let illegal immigrants in. We need to defund all these places that are doing the wrong thing not redo them they got to go but milk toast and sorry republicans like mike pence have this to say the truth of the matter is we need to get to the bottom of what happened we need to let the facts play out but more than anything else the american people need to be reassured in the integrity of our justice system and the very appearance of a recurrence of politics playing a role in decisions at the Justice Department demands transparency as never before. And I will continue to call on the Attorney General and the Justice Department to make that information available to the American people and do so now. Bullshit. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Megan Kelly, you wanted to say something about that? 
bullshit. Absolutely. There is no way that's what they were searching for. And I read Andy McCarthy this morning, who, as it turns out, agrees with me. I agree with him. He's a former top prosecutor, former assistant U.S. attorney. And he says the same thing. And the never ending desire to get Donald Trump on something. They don't want him to run for election again. They want him disqualified under the Presidential Records Act or whatever they can possibly find. They don't care. They don't care. They're mad. They're mad he did not get convicted on the first or the second impeachment. They're mad that he did not get pursued by the New York DA. They are mad that Russiagate fell apart. And they are mad that he's leading in the polls. He's crushing DeSantis. His candidates of choice all made it into office, virtually all of them last week. And they are prepared to unleash hell. The Democrats play dirty. And Merrick Garland is very clearly willing to go along with that. He's been moving in the concentric circles toward Donald Trump over the past several weeks, going after his top advisors, subpoenaing them. Yeah, there you go. Well said. Who would have thought Megyn Kelly would have been tougher than Mike Pence on this issue? Mike Pence, we got to take a look at the, we got to take a look at the uh, FBI, do it gently, and you release that affidavit now. Megyn Kelly, who never was a big fan of Trump, remember the whole thing with the debate and Rosie O'Donnell and going after Trump? She's changed a lot since she lost all her gigs. She's <laughs> back there now doing podcasts and uh, being way more conservative and way more of a free thinker and way more of somebody who looks like a fighter instead of Pence and these guys who are saying, we need to take a look. No more taking a look with your hearings and getting nothing done. We got to make sure that things actually come of these investigations, that you guys actually hold these guys accountable, because it appears, it certainly appears, this was a complete and utter witch hunt. And of course it was. You go filing through somebody's house unless there's a crime. But if you're trying to help over understand, you're trying to make it seem like, oh, uh, this is tied to January 6th and we got to cover for Liz Cheney because she got crushed, even though she made $36 million in Congress. She got absolutely crushed. Crushed. And so we got to make up for that and go after Trump and pin this on January 6th, but there's nothing there. That's why this committee's getting nothing. If this committee had something that the FBI didn't do on January 6th, speaking of FBI, running around the crowd, riling people up, getting, where's that pop bu pipe bomber? <laughs> but if you're not trying to cover for January 6th's failures, the committee, the committee's failures, and just like Megyn Kelly said, trying to get it so where Trump can't run again, what are we doing here? You can't ransack a president's house because you want to find something. That's why you're going to see nothing. And they're going to try to make this story go away, but we're not going to let them. We're going to get into a whole bunch of craziness here with Abe Hamilton III. You stay with us on the Matt Buff Show. Hey, you may have heard radio show hosts talking trash on solar. Yes, even conservative talk show hosts. There was a silly comparison to trucks running 10,000 miles, carbon emissions, and panel production. It came off as like a liberal argument against a liberal problem shallow knowledge as opposed to experts in the field. Politics, global warming, and other environmental concerns aside, the number one reason to buy solar is simple math. Have you looked at your power bill? It has risen in the last five years. How much more will it go up in the next five years? 
It's a rigged game and all solar energy empowers you to stop playing a rigged game. A solar electric system freezes your costs and shields you from upcoming rate increases. If you choose to finance a solar electric system, the payment on a system that zeroes out your bill is typically less than your current power bill. This is simple math. Call All Solar Energy in Longwood tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or online at www.allsolarenergy.com. More information on this later in the show. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. Happy hour drafts every day of the week and all day Sunday. Dollar off drafts and house wines, $2 off well liquors. And Liam Fitzpatrick's has tons of special events tonight. It's Taco Tuesday on Thursdays. Live music and specials all night on tacos, tequila, and margaritas. Friday's live music and happy hour, then brunch with $10 champagne over the weekend. Mention the Buff Show. Get 10% off your order. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. LiamFitzpatrick's.com. Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you rolling along with us. Check out MyPillow.com. Enter promo code BUFF. Get that good night's sleep so you don't wake up woke. Also, you can go to MyStore.com and get the new coffee. Best in the world. Best coffee in the world, I'm told. <laughs> and the new My Coffee is there for you, too, so you can uh, wake up. And we need to wake up America. This is just out of control. So much to cover. Let's go back to our good friend, Abe Hamilton III, and he's with the American Family Association. Everybody check out AFA.net. Abe, welcome back to the Buff Show. Great to have you. Thank you, Matt, for having me back. Well, I tell you what, so much to cover here, and we just got a bunch of breaking news that happened. First, the uh, Planned Parenthood has set a record donations of $50 million to the DNC. Uh, You know, that money, that $50 million was paid for by you and me. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, though the overwhelming majority of Americans do not want taxpayer dollars going to Planned Parenthood, uh, it continues to flow. And unfortunately, both Democrats and Republicans have failed to turn that spigot off. And uh, it's sad that the the Congress is falling for the Jedi mind trick and saying that, oh, well, the money is not going to fund abortion. And I always use the analogy, if I got a burger joint and I'm selling burgers for a restaurant and, and Matt Buff sends me money, but the money cannot be used for the beef for my burgers, but he can use, but I can use the money for fries in my burger joint. Guess what Matt has just done? He's liberated my financial coffers to allow me to spend less money on fries. So I have more money to spend on burgers. And that is exactly what Congress is doing, even with the Jedi Matrix saying the money is not going directly to fund abortion. It is going directly to fund the murder mills that, that Planned Parenthood serves. And the reason why you see Planned Parenthood is closing all across the nation and abortion facilities closing all across the nation and following Dobbs uh, overturning the Roe versus Wade opinion is that dun, 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 these places make money. They profit off of killing children. And so uh, we should stop playing the games. And if if now is not the time to defund Planned Parenthood from from uh, the federal tax dollars, then when will we ever do it? Yeah, that, that's a great analogy. Not only did it make me hungry, but it, it made a good point, too. Um, it's just like the Pfizer commercials. Like, hey, the CDC recommends you get Pfizer, sponsored by Pfizer. <laughs> and then we find out over almost 50% of uh, pregnant women who took the Pfizer vaccine had miscarriages. I mean, this vaccine has been deadly, but they're in schools teaching, like in Washington with Miro Bowser. They're teaching that 
if, if you're not vaccinated, kids, you can't come to school. Well, that's 40% of the black children that go to the schools in Washington, D.C. So, hey, black children, you're not welcome to go to school in Washington, D.C. And, and it's amazing that, that you have Miro Biles and another asserting this ridiculousness when the same CDC just recently rescinded their own guidance concerning preferences for vaccinations, concerning the six-foot distancing, concerning testing for asymptomatic people who they think may be carrying COVID-19. And so even in spite of, and I, I called it the, the communist uh, dictatorship consortium, um, in spite of their retrenchment and reversal on a lot of their, their policies and guidelines concerning COVID-19, you still see people like Muriel Bowser uh, advancing this unfounded, unscientific political propaganda being passed along as if it is science. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. We can stay on schools for a while, too, because, I mean, school just started for most of us, and there, there's more schools to come, but there's a, a huge report about college freshman orientation materials and emphasizing DEI over free speech, mm -hmm. and uh, this is just more propaganda into socialism which is just uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion training that uh, really teaches kids how to be racist, how to be hateful towards others that disagree with you. And, and it, in addition to teaching uh, pedagogically racism, it also is creating social justice activists, which is their objective. They're, they're using the educational system as a front for the cultivation of a, a additional political activists, which is why you see the advancement of DEI training, lots of online training, lots of videos, lots of conferences. You don't have any conversations about, oh, I don't know, the First Amendment, freedom of speech, freedom of conscience, freedom of association, because those things cannot be held together in tension when your goal is to cultivate activism. If your goal is to educate, even if you embrace the whacked out regressive woke propaganda, and I like how you said it earlier, get a good night's sleep so you won't awake woke. <laughs> uh, even in spite of that, that propaganda, if your goal was education as our universities used to be, um, then you would also include these other um, fundamental concepts, fundamental to our constitutional republic, fundamental to individual liberty, but because they're not interested in the preservation of individual liberty, but in the propaganda, the, the, the proliferation of, of Marxism, frankly, and creating social justice activists. That's why you see that imbalance at the collegiate level. It's just ridiculous. And they're trying it on our uh, younger kids, too, in the schools. In Florida, we had to pass the Parental Rights Act, which they say, it's, don't don't say gay bill. It had nothing to do with that. It's just we don't want pornographic books and uh, pornographic teachings and gender uh, fluid studies going on with uh, very vulnerable children. We don't think that's appropriate for kids. And if you do think that's appropriate for kids, you're kind of a weirdo. Um, <laughs> what What is wrong with you to teach that stuff? And they say it's harmful. Harmful not to in teach uh, inclusion of gender studies. And we have this record outbreak of uh, trans kids. I mean, there's a lot of suicides and depression coming in our future. It is. And, and not only does the, the parental rights bill in Florida want to keep from introducing these weird ideologies to children. Why do we need to talk to kindergartners and third graders about sex, period? I mean, what 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 is going on? And a lot of people get upset about the the grooming um, accusations. What else do you call it? If you have a stranger who pulls a five year old to the side and starts to talk to them about all of the wonderful bounties and details of heterosexual sexuality. What would you call that? I can tell you as a criminal prosecutor, we would call them a groomer <laughs> participating in the cultivation of a, a hopeful, in their view, a participant in their sexual deviancy, even in a heterosexual context. 
And so it, it is literally insane. And then you have this push, and I even I covered this on my show. Uh, there's a full-on TED Talk by a professor from Germany uh, named Mirjam Hein. And you see these things happening domestically where there's a full court press to re-describe people because the term pedophile is too stigmatizing. We need to now describe uh, them as a, a repressed minority group, a sexual minority called minor attracted persons. This, nah. this is absolute insanity, but it's coming to a theater near you. You have uh, therapists and others who are articulating these ideas and presenting them as if they're the new novel breaking ground in being socially conscious and socially aware. And we need to be sensitive that we don't stigmatize everybody who may or may not be attracted to children as pedophiles. I'm like, what are we talking about? No, you're a pedophile. You need to be identified as such. The society needs to identify you as such and to protect our children from you. This is what needs to be done. But once you remove God's way, you open yourself up to every alternative way. And a lot of these folks are hanging out in the wings saying as soon as same-sex marriage becomes normalized, up next, coming soon to a theater near you, we'll have our day. Our day. That's why there was such a quick pivot from same-sex marriage to transgenderism. And now we're literally having conversations about why we should or should not sexualize children. It's in the same world we live in. If you're watching and you're saying, Abe, that's not true. You, That's not happening at all. You can't prove that. Well, actually, we can. Here's a clip from a professor right here in the good old U.S. of A. My name is Miranda. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a licensed professional counselor. They're always the best um, when it comes to looks, these people, but go ahead. I digress. And sex therapist in Erie, Pennsylvania. And today I want to talk about minor attracted persons. And I want to talk about minor attracted persons because they are probably the most vilified population of folks in our culture. And most folks are making incorrect assumptions about them without actually knowing much about them. And those assumptions create harm for an already marginalized population. You may have noticed that I'm using the term minor attracted persons, this sometimes abbreviated to MAPS, instead of the more commonly used term pedophile. And I'm doing this because the term pedophile has moved from being a diagnostic label to being a judgmental, hurtful insult that we hurl at people in order to harm them or slander them. Here, I'll tell you this right now. If you're a minor attracted pedophile person, whatever she calls them, and you're worried about terminology, you ain't seen nothing yet if you come after one of my kids. It's not just the words that are going to harm you. You'll be lucky if the cops get a hold of you first. She's trying to normalize a bunch of sick individuals who take advantage of somebody innocent and pure. You're absolutely right. And her reference to uh, pedophilia being formally a clinical diagnostic, a diagnostic term. She's right about the diagnostic term, but the purpose of the diagnostic term was identifying it as a social pathology to say that these people are sick. So to identify pedophilia in the term pedophile has been a diagnostic term, but separating it from the context of the diagnosis, that is doing the harm. And disarming society and normalizing what should widely be understood and embraced to be an abnormal, sick, and criminal behavior. But when you see this happening, it begins to give more insight as to why there was such a visceral response from folks, from people like the folks at Disney that said, hey, we don't want you talking to our kindergartners and third graders about sex. Because you have folks like her that seek to normalize minor attracted persons. 
That's what they do. It's like the um, Inflation Reduction Act. It's a fancy name that doesn't reduce inflation. This is another fancy name that puts kids in danger. If you normalize something like this, oh my goodness, here it comes to harm more children and protect. It's just like the crime with the DAs letting the criminals out and all it does is harm the community while protecting the perpetrator. All they want to do is protect the perpetrator. And it's a part of their pursuit of their view of social utopia that's fixed in hedonism. The, 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 the sickness about it for them, and, and many of these people, and I, unfortunately, I, I've had to spend some time studying it. They're saying, no, you're, you're doing the harm, Matt, because you don't understand this adult-child relationship actually could be beneficial to the child. And I'm saying, you are just a pervert. You're just a pervert. And, and I... I'm not attempting to wax some moral superior code. You are literally willing to destroy children in the name of your vision. But we shouldn't be surprised because these are some of the same people in their pursuit of socio-utopia. They're willing to slaughter children in the womb in order to pursue their vision, killing them, sexualizing them, raping them. I mean, we used to understand that children don't have the institutional agency to consent to any type of sexual activity. But you now have people like her and others that seek to normalize pedophilia. This is sick, man. And the alarm needs to be sounded and people need to be roused to attention to understand there are people like this trying to get access to our schools. Yes, absolutely. That was someone in Pennsylvania who does therapy for minors and other people. And here we go. A pedophilia, a pedophile comes to see her. She's going to tell him it's all okay and more children will be harmed. That's the problem, right? I mean, it's just, I can't believe we're having that discussion. We're having people argue for pedophiles. I mean, that is insane. But with this current regime in this uh, in this country, where they're pushing these radical agendas and beliefs, it's not surprising that that will fester and grow more radical and and crazy beliefs. And, and it's important for people, regardless of your uh, socio political persuasion or, or, or partisan affiliation, to get past that and recognize: okay, wait a minute, we've gone to crazy town here. We need people who are who are who would be members of the Democratic Party, whatever, to stand up and say, now this is insane. Like the, the, the things that are happening and confronting our country are so extreme at this day and age. We have to ha be able to appeal to some reasonable minded people to recognize that these things are beyond political talking points. We're talking about our children being at risk here. Yeah, you're exactly right. And it's just pathetic, but I'm glad we're not afraid on this show with you, Abe Hamilton III, to bring attention to this. Let's move over to race real quick. And Minneapolis Public School Board said, fire whites first, no matter what. Here you have a uh, school board that says, no matter what, if we have to make cuts, make sure they're white people first. Which we used to understand that. So you're telling me an official government entity in coordination with a, private, with a teacher's union are sponsoring discrimination against people based on skin color. Yeah. We used to recognize that as being problematic. No. Nope. Uh, now, it also is important to, to, to identify that a lot of the things that contributed to this was that school board identifying a history of partiality displayed against darker skinned people. But you don't compound a wrong with another wrong. You know, my grandmother told me a long time ago, little, hey, two wrongs don't make a right. And so, the response to these issues is not to address a history, if that actually is the case, 
a history and a legacy of partiality based on skin color by implementing new policies, but partiality based on skin color. And I'll tell you this, I've often said on my radio program, the pursuit of justice void of the cross will rapidly descend into the pursuit of vengeance. And that is what you have here. Uh, an example of in Minneapolis, you have people saying that, well, darker skinned people were treated bad, perhaps in our in our area in the past. So now it's time for us to treat lighter skinned people bad. That is why this entire conversation, if we exclude the reality of the cross, repentance, the endemic sin nature that affects every single person. I don't have a particular corner on the market on moral uprightness because of my skin color. You don't have a particular corner on the market because of moral uprightness because of your skin color. If we continue to try to engage in these conversations and we leave the cross out of it, what we're going to have is a ping-ponging of victimization and vengeance. And at the end of it, everybody will end up slain in the streets. Do we need to revisit the Rwandan genocide? Everybody in Rwanda looked the same. But because of the perception of victimization and oppression, you have a ping-ponging of injustice. And so once another group feel like it has power, it now pursues vengeance. And that is what our society is on the fast track for. And if we're not intentional and careful and intentional about re, uh, avoiding that track, that is where we're headed. You mentioned before the show when we were talking just briefly about the Civil Rights Act being under attack. We, we see what happened in Minneapolis with this. Um, it seems like this is going that, down that path even more. Yeah, so... And the Civil Rights Act in Minneapolis is 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 being is the Civil Rights Act of 1964 in Minneapolis is being eviscerated on the front of skin color. The Civil Rights Act of 1964 is being eviscerated in our school boards. The Biden administration is saying we don't care what states believe, we don't care what parents believe. We are going to force schools to adopt our view of uh, the prohibition against discrimination on the basis of sex that now should include gender identity and sexual orientation. And so you have the Biden administration forcing public schools and even private schools that there was a lawsuit filed. Uh, to stop this uh, in order to get money for like school lunch programs, special needs programs and other programs. The Biden administration is saying you have to adopt our view on sexuality, support and endorse and embrace and uh, proselytize basically the LGBTQIA plus agenda. And that's happening right now as students are going back to school. Oh, yeah, we can show proof of that. Hours of proof of that when Jill Biden, the Dr. Jill Biden, <laughs> went and talked to the NIH. And it's just unbelievable what they want to get out there to kids. And all it does is create more confusion with the kids. And they grow up wondering what the heck is going on. And am I who I am? And why is this happening? And they don't want to, they don't want the parents to know about it. They don't. Abe Hamilton, I appreciate you coming on and talk about the tough issues. How can people check out your show? You can check me out at AFR.net. Look for the Hamilton Corner. You can also subscribe to podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to watch the show live, you can go to our own streaming service. We're no longer dependent upon YouTube, Facebook, and things like that. You can go to streaming.afa.net, open up a free account, and you can watch my show live in addition to listening to it uh, on the nearly 200 radio stations I'm on across the country every day at 5 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Yeah, that's great. You guys got to check it out. This is just a little taste of what gets Abe fired up. And they keep fighting back. Abe, the more we fight, the more they fight back. But in the end, guess what? We're going to win if we have God on our side. That's absolutely right. And, and the scripture reveals very plainly, duty is ours, results up to the Lord. Our responsibility is to be faithful as we contend and fight the good fight. Yes, indeed. Got to finish good, Abe. All right. Thank you so much, Abe Hamilton III. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Matt.
All right, sounds good. We'll be back on the Matt Buff Show. A lot more to come. Hey, Matt Buff from the Buff Show. I love being in the middle of nowhere with the family. Problem is, I can't get any service out here. I wish there was a better solution. Maybe like a satellite phone or something. Let me head back to the office and check this out. All right, let's check this out. Satellitephonestore.com. Oh, look at this. Very cool. Do I need a satellite phone? Well, it says satellite phones provide voice, SMS, and data services anywhere on the earth. And you don't have to rely on cell phone networks. Very cool. Satellite phones work everywhere when you're outside. All right, what's this? Why do I need a satellite terminal? With one of these devices, you can stay in communication without a dedicated satellite phone. Better yet, you can text, call, and depending on the device, use all your favorite smartphone apps too. Hey, what's this bivy stick? The new Bivy Stick is the smallest and simplest to use radium global satellite communications and tracking device in the world. Wow, the smallest and most simple satellite communication device weighs just 100 grams. About half the weight of your cell phone. Look at this, one to three days delivery. Very cool. Call 941-841-0844. I will do that. 941-841-0844. Visit SatellitePhoneStore.com for special offer. Or you can visit SAT1234.com and mention The Buff Show. 941-841-0844. A boring website can make your company look really bad. Poor rankings on Google, Yahoo, and Bing means your company does not exist to thousands of monthly searchers. I'm not even on the front page. Come out of hiding with JJC Marketing Solutions and get found to more and more new customers every day. At JJC Marketing Solutions, they offer state-of-the-art website creation, Google SEO, PPC campaigns, and social media marketing that makes your company stand out. No need to go with those national companies that only care about you on the first call. JJC Marketing is located right here in Sanford, and the goal is to help businesses like yours succeed get better results call 321-765-7710 or visit them at jjcmarketingsolutions.com i'm somebody now jjc marketing solutions action plus pressure cleaning is the official pressure washing company of the buff show while matt's doing the dirty work on the show action plus pressure washing has been doing the dirty work for the last 15 years in central florida they use a soft wash system to clean pool enclosures driveways pool decks houses and commercial property they even clean large and small parking lots and buildings wow action plus offers other services such as lawn maintenance one-time service to weekly service mowing weeding edging and trimming and hauling away debris you can get more than one service and they offer bundle pricing Check out their weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly services for lawn maintenance and ask about their free standard two-driveway with house wash services. Family-owned and operated, get your free estimate at actionpluspressurecleaning.com or call 386-506-1048. That's 386-506-1048. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning. They aim to please. Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. Tonight we're calling the segment Fire Whitey because that is exactly what Minnesota's doing. And you'd be surprised that a lot of this comes from unions asking this. Oh, no, not the teachers union again. Freedom Foundation is all over it. What would we do without Freedom Foundation putting money back in your pocket during the hyperinflation we see now? Let's jump right into it today on The Buff Show. The Freedom Foundation is not your average think tank. The Freedom Foundation is a battle tank. 
Our job is to defend the rights of public employees against the nation's biggest bullies, government unions. Government unions are the single largest funder of the radical left in America. They take money directly out of the pockets of hardworking teachers and other public employees to impose their extremist agenda, which now includes closing our schools, defunding the police, and promoting racism through the teaching of critical race theory. The Freedom Foundation is here to stop all that by helping tens of thousands of public employees leave their unions in Oregon and throughout the country. We're liberating people to put their money back in their pockets and out of the union's radical political agenda. Thank you for standing with us in the biggest battle that we face as freedom fighters. Foundation Thursdays on the Map Buff Show. Let's go first over to Ashley Varner, Vice President of Communications and Federal Affairs. Ashley, welcome back to the Buff Show. Great to have you. Thanks so much for having us back on, Matt. It's always a pleasure. It certainly is. No kidding. And Maxford Nelson is back with us too, Freedom Foundation's Director of Labor Policy. Max, always great to have you as well. Well, thanks, Matt. It's always fun to be here. When you're when you're here, I bring it. I back up a truck to the computer just to load up all the information you bring. So thank you for that. <laughs> Happy to oblige anytime. So you got it. Let's start with this because uh, Minneapolis public schools defend anti-white firing practices that put critical race theory in the pat and in the practice. And this was pushed by the Minneapolis Federation of Teachers Union. And they've conjured up a collective bargaining agreement that stipulates that white teachers be fired before their non-white colleagues. Um, That's racist. (laughs) Max, to you first on that one. Well, this is uh, this is very concerning, as you know, Matt, the the Minneapolis Federation of Teachers uh, is affiliated both with the National Education Association and the American Federation of Teachers, the two biggest teachers unions in the country, uh, which, as you know, and as your listeners know, are incredibly progressive organizations running as far to the left on on uh, policy issues and uh, certainly social issues as they can. Uh, And this particular agreement came out of, uh, as you mentioned, Minneapolis, which has seen uh, quite a bit of unrest uh, and and racial strife in recent years. Uh, And this collective bargaining agreement, this this, uh, agreement between the district and the teachers union came out of a a strike earlier in the spring uh, that that was ultimately resolved with with, uh, this agreement. And part of that agreement, as you know, uh, involves changing the process by which uh, layoffs would occur in the district. Uh, Many districts around the country are facing uh, enrollment declines uh, as students have sought uh, through the COVID uh, pandemic and school closures uh, alternatives. Maybe that's homeschooling, maybe that's private schooling, maybe that's kids have just dropped off the map entirely and and not participating in uh, in education uh, in in a meaningful way. Uh, But point being, lots of districts are looking at potentially losses of funding because their student enrollment is down. Uh, and so this this issue of how do we handle potential layoffs for teachers and staff is something that I think a lot of districts are going to be grappling with. But in in Minneapolis, uh, they they decided to say, well, we're we're going to rework the traditional system for layoffs, which is based on seniority, last in, last hired, first out the door. And there's a lot of problems with that approach in its own right. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but what should the, be merit based. Should should be merit based exactly, uh, but what the teachers union and, and the district agreed to was a system that basically says if you are an 
underrepresented teacher, uh, then you will retain your job. Uh, and if you are a, apparently an overrepresented teacher, uh, then you will you will lose your job in order of seniority. Uh, so basically, we've we've reshuffled the deck uh, so that the underrepresented teachers are at the bottom, and we just let go of the overrepresented or white teachers in order of seniority. So it's as you mentioned, there's some definite civil rights issues here, probably unconstitutional, probably some civil rights act uh, uh, exposure there for the district. So we'll see if this actually gets implemented, but uh, it would take effect as written next year. Wow, that's uh, going to go as well as their defund the police policy that same <laughs> county had, Ashley, where they said no more cops and then crime just came in like a wave and they said maybe we'll bring the cops back. The moment a teacher gets fired based on their race, they have all kinds of legal precedent. <laughs> I can name the entire constitution as legal precedent for them to easily sue the living hell out of this school district. And because what else are they going to put on there? If they have an exemplary record, you can't put anything <laughs> negative, Ashley. They've already I'm established. Yeah. That they, they have given teachers all kinds of legal fodder here for lawsuits to come to this school district. It's, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. It's maddening. And I'm glad we're talking about it. Uh, you know, when when COVID started, we just started hearing about this whole critical race theory thing. And uh, teachers union leaders told us, no, 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 that's not being taught in K through 12 classrooms. That's just a legal theory taught in law school. Don't worry, we're not teaching critical race theory. Then when we started seeing Zoom school streaming into our living rooms, parents were actually able to hear the critical race theory being taught with their own eyes and ears. And so then they were told, well, if you don't like your children being taught that they're either part of a permanent oppressor class or a permanent oppressed class well then you're racist and now we see the fruition of what critical race theory is teaching people that now if you are um if you're a white teacher you're gonna get the boot first when they have to start making staff layoffs like like Max explained, there are several reasons why the teachers unions have put themselves in a position that they're losing funding because they're losing kids, because they're either indoctrinating or they're keeping schools closed. They're forcing parents to find other avenues for their education. And, and now we see it come to this where it, it's a blatantly racist um, policy. And I just hope that it doesn't take hold anywhere else. And as Max said, it goes into effect next year. So if there's enough outrage across the country, maybe they'll see the error of their ways and change the the collective bargaining agreement back. Well, I don't think they'll ever see the error of their ways. Yeah. They only get caught when somebody fights back legally and says, you can't do this. The vaccine mandates are a great example. OSHA mandated vaccines and would have got away with it too if it wasn't for you crazy kids. I mean, we had a Scooby-Doo situation with this regime where they always get unmasked and get thrown in a court, but they always know, Max, they have at least three months to implement something before legal precedents can take hold. And this is a problem, just like Ashley said, Max, this is a problem they created by the bad curriculums. We saw 1.2 million, and that number is growing every day of people leaving the schools. And we have teachers leaving the schools, creating micro schools now. I talked to one yesterday that's left the union, left the job, left everything, and is creating a micro school. They're, they created this problem, and now they're trying to cure the problem by making the problem worse. 
Well, and, and you're certainly right that, that the problem of potential layoffs in, in public schools uh, is a problem that is largely of the union's own making. But I'll, I'll go even a step further than that, Matt. This, this issue, you know, if you read the collective bargaining agreement, there's some, you know, preamble type language about why the district is implementing this uh, racially based layoff system. And their justification is, well, the most senior teachers tend to be white teachers. And the newer teachers are the ones that tend to come from these or, uh, underrepresented communities. So if we stick with this seniority-based system, we're going to have to lay off all of the underrepresented teachers. And that's, that's a problem. That is actually a problem. What if one of those black teachers uh, or, or Hispanic teachers or whatever, you know, the qualifies as underrepresented under their definition, what if they happen to be a really great teacher? They, they could be phenomenal. Maybe they do deserve to keep their job in place of a, of a white teacher that's been there for 20 years in the district, but is checked out mentally and, and not putting you know, their full effort into, the, into their job. Uh, the, the problem ultimately is this merit-based system that the union, or I'm sorry, not merit, uh, this seniority-based system. That, that the would union, be the solution, right? Max. That would be the solution, right? But they, they can't do that. They can't bring themselves to go to a merit-based system. So we just have to reshuffle the already broken system and make it a broken system that is now based on race uh, instead of a broken system that is just based on the number of hours you've clocked on the job. That's what, that's one thing I can't stand about organized um, jobs, Ashley, is the blanket raises for everyone. Um, there's a lot of teachers that don't deserve it. Um, my kids have some great teachers, some not so great teachers. And yes, it doesn't matter about their race, gender, anything like that. It's just how they approach my sons in the classroom. And that makes a huge difference. But the blanket, you know, the thing the unions bring is a blanket raise and a blanket policy and blanket this and blanket that. Yeah, and it's something that we we should talk about more often is the reason that they have the seniority-based system instead of the merit-based system is because the teachers' unions protect mediocre or even negligent teachers because if they keep them happy, the teachers are happy with the union for protecting their jobs, guess what? They're going to continue paying those sweet, sweet union dues out of their paycheck uh, knowing that the union is going to have their back. And so it's it's really, it goes to our um, cycle of corruption that we talk about often between the teachers unions and the, the public sector employees that just continue paying each other and glad handing each other. Um, and, and it's really sad. I remember when I was in high school, uh, I mean, this has been a problem for decades, but when I was in high school, I remember one of my first days in my history class as a sophomore, the teacher said that uh, she only stayed working so that she could have her summers off and she was just about to retire. So she didn't really care what we learned. She, she blatantly said that to our class. I mean, you, you lose respect for that person as soon as they say that. So it is a, it, it's a big problem. We should have merit-based and, and then we would have teachers who really, really do care and want our kids to get back on track with their education. There's so much learning loss that's happening. Yeah, it's so bad. Um, yesterday on the show, we had an author of a book, Johnny Can't Read, Johnny Can't Do Math. We looked at all the blue states that uh, their kids are falling way behind. Um, we got vaccine mandates and mask mandates and stuff still happening in places, and they're just picking on our kids, and it's really affecting them in a negative way. 
Everybody can check out the freedomfoundation.com. There's uh, great information or optoutoday.com. There's great information and check out the recent blogs. Who's mining the store at Washington Federation of State Employees and also Colorado's Public Sector Union Squarely and Freedom Foundation's Crosshairs. And then, of course, Max for Nelson wrote the article, Educators in Illinois' Leroy School District Replace NEA with an Independent Union. So, Max, looks like even union workers are sick of the craziness from Randy Weingarten. In, increasingly so. Increasingly so. A lot of people don't realize you don't have to be uh, affiliated with one of these big international unions. You can have a union in your workplace that's entirely independent. All the rights and, and privileges of being a union, but without the affiliation and the financial ties and the, and the uh, having to be governed by the structure of these big international uh, affiliates like NEA and AMT. It's a very cool option. So what happened in this situation? So Le Leroy is a uh, central Illinois school district, small rural community. Uh, and they decided there, there's about 120 teachers in that district. They just didn't see the value in being affiliated with the National Education Association. You know, they're, they're the point of dues collection. You know, they're the, the entity that is processing the dues coming in. They're also at the local level, the entity that's doing most of the work of the union bargaining the contracts and handling employee grievances and doing the day-to-day -day work. Yet, by being affiliated with the Illinois Education Association and the National Education Association, they had to send, you know, probably most of the dues that they were collecting up the food chain to entities that weren't providing services to them in their district and, and didn't necessarily reflect the values of the membership in their district. So they reached out to us earlier in the year and said, hey, what, what can we do about this? Uh, and we helped them through the administrative process to create a new, brand new, independent union and then to change the state's certification from the NEA-affiliated union to this new independent entity that they created. And the teachers voted in an election in June uh, overwhelmingly to, to do away with the NEA affiliate and to go with this new independent union that they created. So, again, they, they still have all the rights and protections of a union and the ability to negotiate a binding contract, setting the terms and conditions of their employment. They just don't have to send most of the money they collect to Springfield and to Washington, D.C. anymore to support the far left political agenda of the NEA. Well, actually, that's a win. Um, it's still unionized, but they're paying less and it's not going to Randy Weingarten's pocket. No more donuts from uh, that county. No, um, having having the locals keep the money in their school districts, that's where you actually get services provided. So uh, if teachers still see the value in a local, we just want to make sure that it's the most effective local for them. That it works for them. Absolutely. Ashley Varner, Freedom Foundation, what do you guys got coming up for events and things? Well, actually, we have a mailing going out to Minneapolis teachers uh, here shortly. We want to make sure they know, hey, if you don't like this, if you don't support this new collective bargaining agreement, you don't have to pay into it. And here's how optouttoday.com and freedomfoundation.com. Will you help them sue even before they get fired? The fact that this is just on the books? Max, I'm going to let you take that one. <laughs> All right. I'm afraid neither of us are attorneys, Matt. I think there could be, from, from what I can tell, I think there could be uh, uh, the possibility that a teacher or a taxpayer in, in the Minneapolis uh, school district could have legal standing to, to take action now just because this agreement has, uh, is in effect and, and certainly has the potential to harm them in, in the future. 
so we'll see. Uh, I think it'll be very interesting. I, I know there are already attorneys uh, taking a look at this and trying to get in contact with people that might be affected by it. So I would I would anticipate that you'll see litigation filed uh, in relatively short order. It's a scary world if the left socialists in this country truly got their way on everything they wanted. You wouldn't recognize, um, and I would be in jail. So there you go. Very cool. Thank you, Ashley Varner, Maxford Nelson, freedomfoundation.com, everybody. Great insight that you don't get anywhere else always. We appreciate that. Thanks, Matt. The point of this segment was fire whitey is not a good policy. (laughs) Okay, we'll be back on the Matt Buff Show. You stay with us. You heard about the simple math with a solar electric system earlier in the show. Not all homes qualify. An energy evaluation by a qualified professional to get the fully informed information is always recommended. If your home qualifies, solar is always a prudent financial move. All Solar Energy in Longwood has been educating homeowners, roofing companies, property management firms, and now radio hosts about solar for 22 years. We have experts to perform no cost, no obligation energy evaluations to see if your home qualifies and explain the simple math of solar. Call All Solar Energy tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or visit the website www.allsolarenergy.com. Let them know you heard about it from me, Matt Buff, on The Buff Show. Veritas Tactical, Tactical. a family and law enforcement owned company where you can get custom built ARs with purpose built precision. They have a full line of handguns like Glock, Six Hour, Smith & Wesson and get your everyday carry items and accessories. Moreover, they are your Liberty Safe dealer. Need training? Veritas Tactical has all you need from getting your CCW to advanced tactical courses, female survival courses and force on force scenarios. Veritas Tactical has a full time gunsmith on site, Sarah coating services, laser engraving and more mention the buff show and get a 25 dollars discount on courses you'll find veritas tactical at 207 north goldenrod road suite 200 in orlando contact veritas tactical 407-309-3000 407-309-3000 and at veritas tactical.com veritas tactical Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you rolling along with us. Check out thebuffshow.com for past interviews and more. And we got a special book segment every, pretty much every day on the show, which is really good. And this one's perfect timing. I want, I'm going to hold it up here. Everybody check it out. The Politically Incorrect Guide to Economics. Economics is not brain surgery. Tell that to the Biden regime. And author Thomas J. D. Lorenzo is on the Matt Buff Show to talk about this book he wrote. Thank you, Tom, for joining us on the Buff Show. I'm pleased to be here, Matt. Okay, great to have you. And uh, did you send a copy of this book to the Biden administration by chance? No, I, I, I left them off my mailing list. <laughs> Good call. Even though I wish they would have read it before they passed the big IRS agent uh the guys that you're know, going to get trained up to kill people that uh, don't pay their taxes is going to be great. Um, but, you know, we got to dive into this because this bill, just to start out, Tom, has nothing to do with inflation. Yeah, what does have something to do with inflation is going to increase it because it's um, hundreds of billions of dollars of extra spending, sort of an election year boondoggle spending, which will push up prices, more spending, more demand in the economy will push up prices. And then they tax production, 
with new corporate taxes and uh, especially energy taxes. And that will make a lot of things more expensive also. So if anything, it's an inflation increasing bill, not an inflation reduction bill, among, among many other things. And I call it uh, the Green New Deal in disguise also. Yeah, the IRS Army bill too. I mean, you can call it many things, but the Green New Deal is in disguise. If you actually dive into this bill, which nobody did before voting on it, um, if you dive into it, it actually gives, we have a bunch of cylindric type companies coming. They're going to get all kinds of grants and loans to build green crap that doesn't work. And then it's all on the hook of the taxpayer. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the Biden administration campaign donor payoff act you know, in, in that regard, just like uh, with Obama, and you know the uh, the hiring of uh, 80, 87,000 more IRS agents, and claiming according to the news reports that some seventy thousand of them will be armed, in the in the uh, the job announcement that the IRS took off their site, but it's up still up there in the web said, be ready to use the armed force, uh, you know, if necessary, against who? Against us, you know, uh, in, in, in various ways. And, you know, Americans once fought a revolution over that. The, the, the Declaration of Independence, kind of one of the uh, train of abuses, was that King George had uh, sent swarms of officers into people's homes to eat out their substance. He was talking about tax collectors, an army of armed tax collectors. And we fought the revolution over that, among other things. And here we are, several hundred years later, uh, bringing back an army of armed tax collectors. Wow. And, uh, that... I wonder what Thomas Jefferson would think of that. Yeah, I wonder what Thomas Jefferson would think of that. Because, Tom, thank you for bringing up that point. Nobody on mainstream media or anywhere else is making that point. That's, that was one of the big reasons that kicked off the revolution. And That's now right. we need a revolution at the polls, which is good. Um, Liz Cheney's down. There's one down and many more to go. But um, we have to get conservative values back and uh, economically conservative values back because this spending bill is going to damage the country in ways that might not be recoverable. Well, one of the reasons we wrote this book, you know, it's part of the Politically Incorrect Guides series. They have all, Regnery Publishing has a whole series of about 31, 30 of these books. And it's written in plain language with minimal jargon, academic jargon. And the, the theme is be your own economist, is educate yourself. And it doesn't take a college degree. It doesn't even take a college course. But you can educate yourself in basic economics. And in the, uh, in the book, I have uh, reading recommendations in addition to the book and little boxes that says a book you're not supposed to read. And so if you want to take it a little further, what's important, like, like I just said, they're, they're lying with reckless abandon to us now with uh, calling the Inflation Reduction Act, which actually increases inflation. And, and if you just educate yourself a little bit uh, with a book like this, you won't fall for that sort of things. And you'll know how to answer people who claim the, these types of things. And, and, and another example, I'm sure you know that uh, Biden went on TV the other day and insinuated that inflation was zero. And I think he was uh, trying to persuade what uh, Rush Limbaugh used to call the low information voters to make them think that he had cured inflation, when he, which he hasn't. His own government says it's eight and a half percent. But there's a, there's an organization called Stat, Shadow Stats online, shadowstats.com. And they compute the inflation rate using the formula the government used in the 1980s and they say, well, it's more like 15% if you use that formula, not not eight, even 8.5%, let alone zero. 
So if you want to avoid being bamboozled by today's politicians, uh, that's why I wrote a book like this. Well, it is great. And uh, I'm going to post that link too to shadowstats.com. I just went to it when you said that, and there's a whole yes. bunch of stuff in there. Great sure. information. But yes. when you talked about the Regnery Publishing Books, um, we got the Politically Correct Guide to Pandemics. We talked to Stephen Mosier on the show about that. Yes. And then, of course, we're on with Thomas J. DiLorenzo De- De- uh, De with the Politically Guide to Economics. And I got to go back to one of the sections you talked about where you said a book you're not supposed to read. And I want to ask you about this. Uh, the Robber Barons, uh, Burton yes. Folsom, The Myth of the Robber Robber Barons, a new look at the rise of big business in America, the truth about the misnamed robber barons. Talk about that for a second. <laughs> yeah, it's part of it's part of left-wing folklore that uh, the 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 uh, industrialists of the uh, late 19th century, sort of the post-Civil War industrialists, were uh, robbers. They they were crooks and the, they they got wealthy through dishonest means. Nothing could be further from the truth. Even look at uh, John D. Rockefeller. Uh, was a, a workaholic as a young man and very, very smart. And he saved every penny. In the, and in 1866, the year after the Civil War ended, he had accumulated about enough money to buy himself a $24,000 oil refinery in Cleveland. And he, he turned it into the Standard Oil Company. He and his brother, who was apparently a financial uh, genius of sorts, and what John D. Rockefeller did, how he became the richest man in the world during his time, was to figure out ways to make refined petroleum products cheaper and cheaper and cheaper for decades and decades. For 50 years, he dropped the price of these products and invented hundreds of new products like Vaseline out of the, the residue of oil, uh, of petroleum production and, and refineries. And, and, and you go right down the line, um, uh, Cornelius Vanderbilt got his start in, in the steamship business. Uh, the government had given a, a monopoly franchise to, to Robert Fulton on the, on the Hudson River in New York. And uh, Cornelius Vanderbilt worked for a man who had a competing, illegally competing steamship that charged nothing, free, free transportation. And they made money selling food and drinks on the boat. They drove Robert Fulton out of business, even though he had a, a, a government monopoly. And then he went on to the railroad business. And all of these men, if you look at what they did, they, 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 they figured out a way to mass produce products cheaper and cheaper than anyone else for decades and to and invent and create new products. That's how they became wealthy. They didn't rob anybody. They, they provided the Industrial Revolution to Americans, created, created many thousands of new jobs, better paying jobs, newer products. And they caused the prices to fall. The whole period from the Civil War to the end of the turn of the century was a period of price deflation. So no longer did no Americans had more products, better products to consume, and they were cheaper, which means your paycheck went farther. And so these, these people should have be celebrated, not, not denigrated uh, as they are by the left. Although it is true that some of them eventually got into politics and figured out that they could also make money through cronyism and so some of them um, eventually became crony capitalists and benefited from things like protectionist tariffs that kept the competition out and railroad corporation subsidies and, and that sort of thing. And that's the sort of thing that I, I, I criticize in my book is crony capitalism. And I distinguish it from real free market capitalism. Like Liz Cheney, she made $36 million in office. Not bad. Not a bad yeah, gig yeah. as a public servant. 
Yeah, not bad. It's always it's always uh, amazing how uh, uh, even President Obama he gets out and he owns what four or five gigantic mansions on the ocean uh, around the around the country on, on us public servant salary. Yeah, pretty pretty impressive. Uh, have, yeah. Way to stretch a dollar yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, but um, in this book, I want to I want everybody to check it out because it does so apply to this bill that came out today where you talk about socialism or how to destroy an economy and impoverish people and divide them of freedom. They always want these socialist uh, agendas, just like the Green News stuff that's in this bill and the army of IRS agents that's in this bill. They want socialist ideals, but they can't point to one socialist society that actually works. Yeah, it's true. They don't really care about that. It's all about accumulating power and wealth for themselves. Um, you know, the last uh, country that to adopt full-blown socialism was Venezuela about 15 years ago. They totally destroyed the place. Uh, uh, they, they're said to have more oil than Saudi Arabia. And there are people who had good high-paying jobs in the oil industry there who are now uh, shooting zoo animals and rummaging through garbage in the streets looking for food. And thousands and thousands of them are fleeing, and many of them have come here because they ruined it. And yet, I read in the Wall Street Journal that the 35-year-old daughter of Hugo Chavez, the former socialist dictator of Venezuela, has a net worth of $4 billion with a B, and the former finance minister, who also fled the country, is worth $11 billion. And so that's, that, that's what socialism does. It, it enables the ruling class elite to live very well while impoverishing and plundering the rest of the country. Although our, our young people are not taught that. They're taught some sort of utopian dream world uh, by people like Bernie Sanders who make them think they can get stuff for free and live like a teenager until they're 50. And, and, and a lot of them fall for that. And, and that's a failure of our educational system and another reason why I write books like this. Yes, indeed. And you talk about equity a lot in this, too. Equity leads to racism and poverty as well. We just had Minneapolis School Board in Minnesota said, fire white people first. <laughs> when yes. you start going all racist like that, economics follow. Yeah, when you, when you abandon merit altogether, it's one thing to make efforts to help uh, minorities who have, had, have been disadvantaged in the workplace so that they can compete for jobs, get an education, or learn a skill. But to just go out and, and say, we're going to make decisions based on skin color, that's just racism. <clears throat> and the, the sad thing is they've thrown Martin Luther King under the bus when they do things like that. They, his famous dictum that uh, he wants to see, my, I want to see my children judged by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. Uh, the modern <clears throat> uh, cultural Marxists, as they're called, had just thrown that under the bus and 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 are on our racist they're just out and out you know the, the mask is off and they're racist and as far as equity you know what they call they used to call it equality now they call it equity it really is an assault on human nature isn't it because you know we're, we're all different as individuals if you're religious you mean you you believe that god made us all as individuals and uh, and these people think they they should be empowered to remake us in their image not god's image and uh, and so that's and socialists have always been about that, and uh, and that's a fool's errand. You can only have a totalitarian society to to even attempt something like that. Well, that's where we're heading to, and I want everybody to check out the book. And chapter one, what is the free market anyway? We need to get back to that, and there's a lot more to cover in here. 
So make sure you grab this book today. We'll post the link on thebuffshow.com. But of course, anywhere books are sold, you can get the Politically Correct Guide to Economics. And uh, Thomas uh, DiLorenzo, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Not just talk about the books, but uh, this awful bill that is really going to hurt Americans. Yeah, hopefully it'll be defunded in the next six months, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. And and the 400, there's two last things real quick. The 400,000 and under are getting taxed now, but they're going to get taxed with this. And also there's no such thing as fair share. Last thoughts on that. Yeah, well, every time a Washington politician opens his or her mouth, your attitude should be, I don't believe you. And so I think that's a good rule of thumb. So when they say they're not going to tax the people who, who earn most of the income in America, the middle class, after all, don't believe them. And fair share? Oh, fair share. Well, <laughs> I talk about that in the book. If you just look up the National Taxpayer Union website and, and, and Google who pays federal income taxes, you'll see that the top 50% of income earners pays 97% of all income taxes. So we already have a, a an almost extortionate highly progressive income tax system in America today. and But they ignore the facts and keep harping on uh, the, the fair share rhetoric. Yeah, when it seems like it's more unfair than fair because yeah. taxation, what are you spending our money on is a whole nother yeah. segment we'll do with you, Tom, later down the road. Tom DiLorenzo, thank you so much for joining us on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Matt. Have a great day. You too. Great stuff there. All right. You guys stay smart out there. We'll see you next time on the Matt Buff Show. Check out the website, buffshow.com. We'll see you then.